Welcome to Business Talk Sister Crack. I'm Becca. And I'm Ruthie. And today with us, we have a special guest that we are super excited about. His name is Dr. Kelly Henry. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be on your show. <laughs> yeah. Well, the first question we have for you is, what do you do? What do I do? Well, I am a retired chiropractor turned consultant and coach. And I specifically coach and consult with businesses on how to improve their customer service to increase their profits and growth. Hmm, that's awesome. And what kind of got you into that? What was your, your why behind going into consulting? That is a great question. Well, I have been coached for many years. I was thinking back and I, I think 2003 was when I first hired uh, my first coach. Um, and I just, know the benefits of it. I've seen the tremendous benefits that I uh, had incurred throughout the years with having different coaches. In fact, I still have coaches that work with me now, and I just know the powerful impact that they've had in my, my life and my business. Um, and so I knew I wanted to do that. The reason I coach and consult on customer service is because that was a foundation principle in my chiropractic offices. Um, that was something we were, we were known for. Um, and I implemented early on in my business and studied and learned and implemented and trial and error and grew and um, just love it. And I also know the impact it had on my business, but also other businesses and, and now with my clients. So I just meshed the two together, the consulting and, and coaching with the customer service. And that's where I'm at now. What kind of background did you start out with? Did you go to college? Did you always want to be a chiropractor? And then walk us through the journey of how you decided that now you're going to move on to something else. Okay. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, I, I became very interested in being a chiropractor when I was in high school. We had a family friend that was a chiropractor that obviously talked it up and uh, um, piqued my interest. And in, in, uh, going to college, I, I decided, yep, that's what I was going to do. Went to college my freshman year, and I didn't fail out, but I really did terrible. Uh, mm. And I decided to take a semester off, uh, probably give up on chiropractic, broke my mom's heart. I started working for a landscaping company, and this is in Colorado, so this was going into the fall and winter of the year. And so for about five, six months, I was shoveling snow, raking leaves, uh, being out in the cold, doing manual labor. And after six months of that, I decided, you know what, this college thing isn't so bad. I think I'll go back. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, before I did go back, my, my parents had paid for all my college, at least that first year of college. And when I decided to go back, my dad said, uh, I'm not doing that anymore. I'll pay for your books. You pay for your tuition. And uh, that uh, changed the whole mindset, my whole mindset of, you know what, I, uh, I better start being a little more serious with it, with this. And so I did and uh, got much better grades, turned things around, got back into the focus of being a chiropractor, ended up getting a degree in anatomy, um, went to chiropractic school here in Dallas where I live now. That's why, that's why I'm here. I fell in love with the, the Dallas area back when I went to school in, in the mid to late 90s. Um, side note, I met my wife here. Um, her cousin and I sat right next to each other in chiropractic school. Um, and, you know, funny thing how God works things out in our lives, but uh, 
she was living here and working and we met and she had to have me. And so we got married um, or I had to have her one of the two, something like that. But uh, we've been married almost 25 years. Um, Congratulations. So, That's awesome. Well, thank, thank you. So I make it, I make it a, a long answer to a short question, but um, so I graduated chiropractic school and went to Phoenix for a year and just did terrible, um, complete disaster. Um, fortunately I was, I met a chiropractor in New Mexico where my wife was from, he was retiring and I decided to buy him out or I had the opportunity to buy him out. And that's what moved me to Mexico. Um, and then a few years later, there was another chiropractor in the community that was retiring and I ended up buying him out. Um, I started getting coaching. I, you know, have the customer service down pat. And so I really was able to grow my practices to something significant. Um, buying the two chiropractors out, um, both of them were, I believe in their sixties at the time and basically had nothing left for me to buy, which was good for me because I didn't have to pay a premium on it, but they didn't, you know, obviously they didn't get much out of it. I made a mental note of that. Um, and I decided, you know what, if I decide to retire and, um, sell out, I'm going to do it while I'm at the top and have something to, to sell that's significant. And, and that's what I was fortunate to do in 2018. Um, mm -hmm. And with that going forward, kind of like I mentioned earlier on that, you know, I've been coached. I knew the impact of that. I wanted to coach. Um, and I knew that and know the impact of customer service. So again, I, I just put those two together and, and it ran with it. Yeah, that's awesome. So you had kind of mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to comment on. So the one was like when you really had to take college seriously, I think that that we just did um, a couple episodes with our other sister, Rachel, about the pros and cons of college. And um, that, that came up several times that college is an investment and it needs to be treated like one. <laughs> so yeah, I just thought that was interesting yeah. to see. Uh, I, I didn't realize that my first year. I thought it was my escape from home and I could do whatever I wanted. And uh, yeah. that's, that's not how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, so along the lines of what you were talking about with buying out those, those different businesses and stuff. So you kind of had two different rounds of influx of, of maybe different customers and things like that. And, and customers who have had different experiences. So based on your personal experience with your practice, um, buying out those businesses, how were you able to kind of bait to test a lot of different customer uh, or techniques for customer service with that? Um, I didn't have to beta test a whole lot. The, the key to customer service, at least in, in my philosophy and how I coach and consult is it's just treating people right. It, it's, it's helping them to feel valued and important. Um, so it didn't matter that, you know, I took on this, you know, this chiropractor's patients or this chiropractor's patients, um, they still wanted to feel valued and important from me and my office staff. So that, that wasn't a big deal. Something that's a little off, not necessarily aligned with customer service that I learned. Um, and I wish I would have known going in, I, I tried to, I tried to be everything to those other chiropractors patients like they were um, and, and tried to mimic them. And that's just impossible. That's not what I did. That's not who I am. Um, and it was very frustrating for them and certainly for me. Um, and I finally realized, you know what, I, I 
this is what I do. This is how I do it. You know, I'm sorry I can't do it like Dr. So-and-so, but you know, you're with me now. We're going to value. We're going to take care of you, but you're just going to have to get used to the way I do things. And, and that, that was somewhat of a, a large learning curve for me to undergo as I, as I took on these, these two practices. Mm-hmm. I know that, so when we had originally connected and everything and, and Ruthie wasn't able to be a part of that conversation, but um, one of the things that you really touched on, and that's why I was like, oh, this is what we're going to call this episode, is you, you said you came across some data that you were saying, hey, like if you can just do this, it's going to totally increase sales by, by this amount because, and I think you mentioned like a Harvard business study or something. Could you tell us about that and like what really set you on that track originally? Absolutely. Well, I, before I get to the stat, this is what happened in my, my office was I was, I was so focused on uh, acquiring new patients, um, just always new patients. I need more new patients to, to grow my business. Um, and that's good. We all need new business. We all need to acquire new customers. Um, that's part of business and part of growth. But I, I didn't see and I didn't focus on what I needed to do to keep those patients in my business as much um, and, and make sure they continue to feel valued and they were important to my business. That is my whole philosophy now on my coaching and consulting with businesses is let's focus on retention. And that goes to the stat you are referring to. It was a study done by Harvard Business School. And what they found out is if you will just increase your customer retention, and it's done by improving your customer service, but if you'll increase customer retention by just 5%, just keep 5% more customers buying from you, repeat sales, continue to do business with you, it can lead to 25 to 95% increase in profits. Wow. So just a measly 5% can lead to just phenomenal profits. That's my whole purpose and, and my coaching philosophy and the principle that I try to get across. Let's mm-hmm. just let's just improve your customer service enough to bump your retention rate up by five percent. And often it's way more than that once we get the the uh, program in place and implemented. But just a measly five percent, and then just just watch it what happens um, and how this will affect your bottom line and the growth of your business. So I guess the question that we have definitely, as we've seen you go through this journey, um, before we move on to how do you do your current business, um, that we're really wondering about is when you said, okay, now I'm going to make this goal to do really well so that when I'm at my prime, that's when I'm going to sell. Um, what was your, what was your actual goal in that? Like, how did you know you were at your prime and how did you get ready to make that transition to sell your business? Well, my, my intention and goal wasn't necessarily to, to, uh, to get to that point to sell out and just have a, you know, a phenomenal practice to do that. I'm very goal-oriented, goal so I always had goals um, to drive me and, and a new level of how many patients and, and revenue and all the things I was doing. So I was always just driving towards that um, no matter what. When I got to the point where I knew that it was time to sell out and just felt like I was led to do that, my body was starting to break down a little bit. Um, I, I had a high volume practice. So I, I was treating between 350 to 400 plus patients a week. So, um, and I loved doing it, but you know, I was feeling the effects on my body from, from that on my neck and upper back and my shoulders. So um, again, I, I knew it was time and it was, felt like I was led to go ahead and sell things out. 
my goal at that point, once I, I determined that, you know, it's time was, you know, I, if I was a young chiropractor coming in that was going to buy my practice, you know, I, I would personally want something, you know, yeah, I have a lot of success, but I would want something that is just, you know, basically I just have to turnkey walk in and take over for me. Um, and so I started looking at my practice very objectively and, okay, where, where are some weaknesses? Where are some things that I, I need to improve upon? Where, you know, where can I sure things up? So this doctor coming in is just going to have a, you know, basically he's guaranteed success because I've just set him up for that by the way I ran my practice. Um, and unfortunately that's, that's what happened. The doctor bought me out, uh, bought me out, Dr. Richard Abercrombie is phenomenal. Um, he's been great to work with. You know, we get along tremendously um, and he's just taken off. And actually he's grown the practice uh, above and beyond what I had. So um, that, that was my mindset is just, you know, I want something just phenomenal for somebody to walk into so they can be successful and, 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 and you know, basically have the same success and feel the same success that I, I felt and had as I went through my journey. So now you're doing consulting in customer service. So how do you do that? That's a great question. Um, basically, I get with a client when they hire me on and we do an in-depth audit. Um, I have a very specific program that I'll take them through and it's called the 5% bump program based on the stat that I, I mentioned just a moment ago. And so we just go through and find, you know, the good and the bad of where they are in their customer service for their business. Um, and there's usually a lot of places where there's holes. Well, we'll implement first the areas that are going to make the greatest impact the quickest. And so we can get some momentum going, some success going, some profits increase going, and that, that always excites the, the client. Um, and then we'll work through the rest of my program. And then every business is different, obviously. So we take unique aspects of the business and what's going on with them. And we will, we will monitor, we'll adjust and we'll refine my program, my system to fit with their particular business and, and how they run things. And then we just continue to monitor and maintain uh, once we've implemented. Uh, so we guarantee that we have consistent growth, we have consistent success um, and maximize what, what I'm trying, what they're trying to achieve with the, with the program. Yeah. So how, what are some of your success stories and, and seeing like how the, that customer service has really impacted people's businesses? The two I get all the time is, part of my program is changing the dynamic in the business and how the employees are treated or looked at. You have to treat your, your employees as good, if not better than the, than the customers. Because if you're not treating the employees well, it's foolish to think that you, they can turn around and then treat the customers well. So mm -hmm. that, that's an aspect of my, my program that we sure up and make sure is, is on point. But I always hear that, that, okay, we've done that, and the business atmosphere is so much better. The employees are so much happier. They enjoy coming into work. They don't complain anymore. They want to stay in the business and continue to work there. So you retain employees as well, which, you know, that saves on trying to hiring, and that can be a huge headache. 
you know, and that cost of training and the things that go along with that. So, you know, it's just, I hear that a lot where it's, man, just the, the business as a whole is doing great, but just how the employees are working better, it just makes it such a more, more enjoyable place to work. Everybody's happy. And then the second thing is obviously the profit, you know, bumping up the profits, you know, double, triple businesses, you know, $100,000 in less than a year, just, you know, explosion in profits. So that's always fun too. And it's, you know, it's good. I always love to hear that. Um, but I always want to make sure that when we're going through this, and this is part of the principles that I teach and coach on is you, you need to have the service mindset. Um, and I love a quote by Zig Ziglar. He, he says, or he's quoted as saying, you can have everything in your life you want if you'll help enough others get what they want. So we always want to bring it back to where customer service is about serving. Um, so you got to remember that, you know, serve first and then you can have the profits, you can have the, the growth, but let's focus on the serving. A lot of businesses, they focus on the sales and they have the sales mindset all the time. What I try to get my clients to understand is let's have the service mindset and you'll have more sales. The key to creating a better office environment. And I, and I was guilty of this. So just to, just to give a, a, you know, a little story here, there was a lot, well, not a long time, but there was a, there was a period in my chiropractic offices where I only thought of my employees as liabilities. They were only there to get a paycheck. They were only there to do the bare minimum. And it was my job to make sure they were on task all all day, every day. And as soon as they messed up, I needed to, you know, make sure it was corrected. And it was because of one of my coaches finally called me out on it and said, Hey, listen, you got to quit doing that. You need to start looking at your employees as assets mm. and start focusing on the good they're doing because they are doing way more good than they are doing bad. Um, and that was a game changer for me. Once I had started recognizing that and having that attitude. So that's a key component is to look at the, the employees as assets and start recognizing all the good they're doing, but not only recognizing it, but make sure you are telling them they're doing a great job and, and tell them they're, you know, Hey, you did a great job here. And I really appreciate you doing that. And you're doing so fantastic here. And I'm going to continue to do, um, do well. Um, they appreciate the compliments. They appreciate him being recognized for doing good work. And that just fosters that mentality of them being an asset and again, showing value to them, which they, the customer or the employees can then in turn show value to the, the customer. How does, what does it look like to help streamline that customer service to kind of get more reviews for your business? You know, everybody loves Google reviews and, and that's fine. Um, that, that's, a great way to do it and, and it helps bring up your rank and in, in your online profiles and different things like that. So that's great um, to be able to do that. Um, one thing that's interesting though I found is so many businesses will ask customers for a Google review, some kind of review after their first interaction. Um, and that kind of gives a false sense of, of reviewing you know, I, I call it the honeymoon phase. You know, if a customer's only had a couple of interactions with you and they give you a five-star rating, okay, that's well and good. Um, if you go back to that same customer after they've dealt with you for six months, 
that's where the review may not be so great, especially if you don't have great customer service. So you have to be real careful with that. What I also find though, is when you are on task with great customer service, exceptional customer service, it's real easy to ask for reviews and they'll, you know, your customers will do it, but you're also getting referrals. And that's the best, you know, marketing there is when your current customers, the ones you're retaining are feeling valued are telling their friends, family, acquaintances, and those they know to go do business with you. That is the ultimate, uh, that is the ultimate compliment. That's the ultimate uh, people that you want to get in your business, the new customers, the referred customer. Um, and that's really the ultimate review that you want. And that tells you you're doing pretty good when, when the referrals start spiking, you know, you're doing something right at that point. So the next question I have for you is what recommendations and, and resources would you have for someone who's looking to, to get more into the things that you're doing? Um, I know that one of the resources before I, before I let you off the hook, he, uh, <laughs> you're coming out with a book to find and deliver exceptional customer service. So that's definitely a great resource. Um, that, that would be a good one. Yes. Yeah. And, <laughs> Um, I'm excited about that. We're going to link to it in the, in the blog post as well. I know you said it was coming out pretty soon here. So I'm definitely excited about that because it's, you can definitely learn so much from somebody and pick their brain in a short amount of time by just getting one of their books. Like, <laughs> right? uh, absolutely. Um, but do you have any other ones, like any other recommendations or where did you start that you're like, wow, these were really good resources that really helped me. And now I've condensed all my knowledge into the book. Hashtag get the book. <laughs> but <laughs> um, that's yeah. great. I, pre- I appreciate the plug on the book. Define and deliver exceptional customer service. My first book's coming out. It's launching January 11th. So thank you for that. That, that would be a great resource. Obviously, um, I've, I've read so many books about customer service. Um, you know, there's there's a couple that come to mind. Uh, several books on how Disney goes about their customer service and how they are very organized and detailed in it from their hiring and training employees and how the employees are uh, taught to have a specific mindset to treat, you know, the, the customers there in Disney very specifically. That's a great resource. Another great book is by Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles. It's called Raving Fans. It's been around for a while, but it's a, it's a short book, but it is very powerful. A lot of insight and great information in it. I would, I would definitely read that. One principle that I teach that, that goes along with this question just a little bit, but it, it'll give, give the listeners a kind of an idea and, and, and sort of a starting point of how they can move forward with their customer service. But the mission statement I had in my offices, my chiropractic offices, my mission statement now, and then the mission statement that I, I recommend my clients and most every one of them taken, have taken it on is to be the best part of the customer's day. That's what you should strive for every day you're in business. You want to be the best part of their day. And to me, that, that encompasses basically all the principles and actions of customer service. If you're, you know, if you're truly trying to be the best part of the customer's day, to give, be a breath of fresh air, to be some sh- sunshine to, to the people that you are wor- working with and dealing with and that are relying on you for business, that goes a long way. So that, that can be you know, kind of a stepping stone for 
the listeners or whoever's may maybe want to uh, start off on this journey and maybe implement it into their business be the best part of the customer's day hmm. That's awesome. I think that's really good advice. Um, <laughs> thank you for so much for joining us today. Uh, I love. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just been really good to kind of, yeah, pick your brain and learn from you. And um, there's a lot of really good takeaways from this and I'm excited for our listeners to learn from you. Um, we are going to transition to our sister gawk portion. Um, and then, but so I felt like this was a worthy quote to add to that is from Spongebob says never deny a guest even the most ridiculous request <laughs> <laughs> that, that's not bad I may have to adopt that as a secondary mission status, so. you gotta go back and watch that Spongebob episode it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> uh, I kind of have nightmares of Spongebob and my kids watching it, so I don't know if to be honest with you. But. Although, you know, that being said, that's part of my philosophy is, um, and what I teach my, my clients and part of my program is, is never say no. I mean, that goes along with that. Don't, you know, don't say no to your customers. You know, you maybe can't do exactly what they want, but you can give them other options and just don't yeah. say no. So anyway, that kind of falls in line there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so you were, you were telling us beforehand that you had some, some silly experiences with uh, just different, <laughs> different customers and, and their reaction and kind of how that those experiences kind of changed their demeanor almost and talking to you. So <laughs> tell us about that. <laughs> well, I get this question fairly regularly from, from people who know I'm a chiropractor and they, you know, they'd ask it, you know, this, do people ever pass gas when you're adjusting them? And, and the question or the answer is yes, they, they do. Um, you know, you're pressing on their bodies and whatnot. It's just, it just happens. Um, what, what's funny to me about it is when it did happen in my office, it was about 90% of the time, always a, a woman that would do it. Um, and it, it happens. It didn't bother me. It's just, you know, part of normal procedures. Um, my, my, although my philosophy of why it was more than not a woman that did it is because guys, you know, we kind of let gas out just whenever and and all the time. So women, you're, you're a little more discreet and, and hold it in. Exactly. And so I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's why, why it happened. But what really cracked me up about when it, when it did happen was about 50% of the time they would acknowledge it, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me. And the other time they would, and then I'm thinking, well, you know, did they think I didn't hear it or what, what was the deal there? But what really cracked me up is when they get up my treatment table they would make no eye contact. They would grab their purse and they'd be right out the door. I'll, I'll talk to you later, Doxie, and, and right out the door. And, you know, just an embarrassment. And I, you know, it, it always gave me a little bit of a chuckle when that, when that happened. Well, I feel like that even ties in with customer service too, and not, not shaming your customers. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You know, good grief. <laughs> what did you have for yeah. lunch? You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, Dr. Kelly, it was so fun to have you and, and thank you to our listeners. Uh, like we said, we're going to go ahead and, and post the link to his book. You can find that in our blog post. Um, and yeah, go ahead. If you found this episode uh, useful to you or you learned something from it, share it with a friend. Um, the SpongeBob lover in your life. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> See you again next week. <laughs>